With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. It's the boys from the fancast. Little Dan hosting tonight, this morning, wherever you're listening to, like I just said. Tonight's episode, I've got Luke and Cheltenham Wolves. Tom's back for another episode. How are we, guys? I'll come to you first, Tom. How are you coping, mate? Another child uh, in the last couple of uh, weeks uh, brought into the Wolves world. How, how are you finding it? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, can't complain, though. Uh haven't had much sleep, but and also the first um game that she was alive to witness I was watching in the hospital um with her on my lap was the Arsenal game. So hopefully she's not a bad charm because the last two games, quite frankly, we've been pretty poor. So, you know, fingers crossed that that changes on the weekend. Otherwise I might have done a whoopsie and brought a bit of a bad omen for the rest of the season into the world, but there we go. We'll see what happens. She's, she's been away from home so far. Hopefully, she, is she back home now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, Wolves back at home this weekend to Crystal Palace, three o'clock on Saturday. How are things with you at the moment, Luca? Father of two. <laughs> so, mate, so just just doing my thing now, mate. Just keeping my nut down. Keep your nut down, keep it going. Been on Premier League World uh, in the last. Day, yesterday, know, mate, mate, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind. Giving Michael Brown some abuse. Tell tell the listeners about it. Yeah, so I was on this Premier League. What is it? Premier League fan zone or something? Premier League That's world. It, yeah, yeah, fan zone. Yeah. Um, Michael Brown was on there, so obviously I had to ask him about Matt Murray palming his penalty away, which he wasn't too happy about. But you know. You gotta tell him, mate. You gotta remind him just in just in case he's forgot. But like you said in the WhatsApp to me, he, he must have nightmares about that. If, if well, you look at that, if you look at the picture when when Michael Brown's lining up, Matt 
Murray was pretty much doing what Kepa did in the cup final the other day, where he was, he was literally to the, like, the left-hand well, right side of his goal. And it's like you've got all that room on the, the goalkeeper's left to aim at and just just lofted past into Murray's hands, wasn't he? I mean, he said he felt that if the penalty would have gone in, that Sheffield United would have won that game because there was confident if that would have gone in. But I agree with him, to be fair, because I think when, when Murray saved that penalty, that was when it was like, this is us now. That it. was the that was the clincher for all like the the pessimism that's ingrained in Wolves fans. Yeah, it's 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 it was massive that moment. I think even like being free and like at our time, you, you you always thought we we could still cock this up. <laughs> did, did, did you go to the player final, Tom? No, mate. I was how old was I? Three. I was nine years old, but I was Drop at home top. with my old man. Yeah, nine years old. I was. I think I was 16. I think I remember having a can of Carlin in the, in the Cardiff Square that day, thinking I was king <laughs> of the lads with my can of Carlin. <laughs> Let's get back to this weekend's game at home to Crystal Palace. Obviously, we've come off the back of two really heartbreaking defeats, but that's the classic Wolves ways, and it's the hope that kills you. Luke, what was your quick thoughts on, on the West Ham performance and the result? We lost 1-0. But apart from the goal that we sloppily gave away, they never really tested Saar again, did they? No, not really. I mean, I think, did he make... No, that was the Arsenal game. He made that save low down. Um, but yeah, they didn't really test us. But we were sloppy. We never got... It seemed like we never got started, really. And it was disappointing because West Ham was there for the taking. Um, even for a point, you know, they was there for the taking. They wasn't great. I think we made them look better than what they actually was. Um, it's just sloppy. It was just half a yard off it for 90 minutes. Do you, do you think there was just too many changes that was made, Tom, or was it just literally too many players having an off day again? Yeah, no, when I saw the lineup, I I kind of winced a little bit. I thought that there were too many changes and I thought coming up against West Ham with the kind of changes that we'd made, I... I understand, well, I try to understand the, the reason why the changes were made. I think that from the way that Raul had been playing, maybe he needed a rest and maybe that was because he was just knackered, knackered or maybe it was to actually kind of give him a bit of a kick up the ass to say, look, your place is at stake like the rest of the players. Um, but also, yeah, just some of the other changes, I just thought, geez, I mean, West Ham, they're, they're no easy team to come against, particularly away from home. And if I'm honest, with the end result, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Um, they were there for the taking and maybe on another day with a stronger team, uh, we could have maybe created some chances and, and, and the scoreline would have been different. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan. I think the amount of changes in the squad, it just kind of upset the status quo a little bit. Obviously, you're notoriously banned from Twitter, Luke, so you tend to avoid the, the majority of slander that happens what did you make to sort of the the talk of um, Fabio and Hover getting quite a lot of abuse? What did you make of, of those two's performances? I have in Hover, 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 Hove, if you want to go down the Jazzy yeah. route. But H to the over. <laughs> I don't think he's the at the level required to play for Wolves and where we want to be. I hope I'm proved wrong. I hope he goes on to be a Ballon d'Or winner from right back. The next Reese James or Trent Alexander-Arnold. Personally, I just can't see it. Silva, again, I'll, I'll, 
I'd give Silver time. I'd still think Silver needs time. I think Silver needs a loan. I'd send him back to Portugal or to the Bundesliga. Somebody who's between eighth and fourteenth in that league. Get him some minutes. Get a bit of confidence in him, hopefully. Um, but then we're in a position where we can't loan him out because if Raul gets injured, suspended, who steps up? Squad's too thin. Um, however, though, I mean, you've put the news out today about Samaido, four to eight weeks. What a loss. Massive loss for, for how we set up the majority of games. And I think he's fed a lot of Wolves fans on Bupai this season, hasn't he, Tom, with his performances compared to last season where obviously not not many people were allowed in, in the stadium, so you weren't really... Uh, it wasn't really visible how good he actually is for us and how important he is. Yeah, I agree. I think it's... I mean, I listen, I listen to this podcast a lot and in some ways, from some of the conversations that I have with lots of Wolves fans, you know, there's an enlightened few from the beginning of the season who were going to say that Semedo is going to be such a core member of that kind of skeleton squad play in play week in week out and and be a massive part of our system and I'm pleased because I don't think it was fair of him to get the kind of how slated he got um last year with no with no crowds in uh, in the stadiums and, and all the rest of it um but I think coming into the back end of the season when we need to get as many points as we can to lose Samedo that is a real loss and I think that those fans who are still not convinced on him, that's going to be a real realisation if you don't know what it's got till it's gone. I just think the people that are there to replace him are not of the same quality. And even though Semedo isn't directly involved with lots and lots of goals, his pace and the way he's just pushing up the pitch all the time, it's that presence which puts the defenders on the back foot and allows us to play in their area. And we're going to struggle. And if, if it's Hoover over whatever who is going to be the man to fill his shoes then on with you Luke mate I'm not sold on him either I think one of the concerns for me was um, again and I hope I'm proved wrong you know I'd rather look like a fool and have these players perform I think a bit John like looked... Danny Bat. That what was what was a Danny Bat thing he said years ago? What was it again? Danny Bat was going to play for England by the time he was twenty-five, something like that. Was it? <laughs> remind uh, remind uh, the new listeners, Luke, of what the statement that you made on Danny Bat years ago. But remind everyone what I said. Yeah. Uh, what something like Danny Bat will play European football before he's twenty-five or something daft like that. I, honestly, I thought he was going to get a move to somebody like Everton when Everton was doing half decent, but. Never material. He needed me as his agent. That's what he needed. I would have got him that move. I would have talked him into that move all day. Him and Dominic Oyorfa still need to uh, raise the game down there to reach the, the ceiling that we uh, all thought they could reach. But I, I thought Johnny looked half a yard off the pace as well. And when and he came out against Arsenal, he did, he did look well off it, didn't he? I don't, I don't think he like sort of stood out like he, he, he looked like a liability during the game, but he just wasn't the same but that'll come with sort of game time and yeah, learning so. learning Bruno's way of playing I hope yeah. I, I, I really don't want to talk about this guy because as you can see I've already lost all my hair so I ain't got much hair to pull out but Francisco Trinco guys what's your, what's your opinion on him Tom come to you first because uh, when uh, we, we discussed the player ratings after the game on Sunday I think I was going to say to whoever was doing it on our Forza Football app was I think there wasn't really anyone that got above a six and a half 
maybe it was like Fabio. I think Fabio maybe got a six and a half, seven, because I think he worked tirelessly at all his half chances he made for himself. But mm-hmm. Francisco Trinco for me was a two. Two out of ten. I thought, honestly, he's fast becoming one of my most hated players in the Wolf shirt. <laughs> you, you heard what I called him, floppy head C in the WhatsApp. I just think, like, for what the money that we've we're forking out on a weekly basis, this is another reason why I thought Hover looked even worse because he wasn't given any protection by him in front of him. Every time Keanu Hover got forward, he had no one supporting him, so he was having to just knock the ball past the left back and hopefully outgun Aaron Creswell. I felt so hot, sorry for Hover on Sunday because he was just on a, on a hiding to nothing, and a lot of it was purely down to Trinkel and his laziness, his shirking of challenges, his constant just wanting to megs people and not do anything else. I love a nutmegs, guys. I love a nutmegs, but do something else because the same people that said Adama had no end product, Trinkel's filling his boots for it. Agree with me, Tom. Wow, that was a that was a whirlwind, mate. I, 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 I honestly, <laughs> um, it frustrates me so much. But yeah, on, no, I, I, Dan, I'm I'm on board with you there, mate. I think you know, as I said, nice floppy hair, few nice Ralph Lauren shirts that he likes to show on his Instagram. Seems like a decent guy, but I just think the only real thing that's keeping him here is that Barcelona tag. I mean, it's he has not shown anything really. Um, to suggest that he's going to be able to to really break into that first team. If you if you look at him and then look at Podence, and I just think that Trincao. I mean, I back at the beginning of the season when he missed that sitter was against Man United at home. He missed an absolute or hit the bar or something like that. It was right at the beginning he, of the he season. He missed one against Man United at home, didn't he? But yeah. then he also hit the crossbar against Newcastle. That's it. So he had those two chances, and after those, I just thought. Has he got? You know, has he got it? Like, it was those kind of chances where you need to be scoring those, and unfortunately, he is not necessarily. Uh, he's not covered himself in glory, and you know, there's the argument. He needs more minutes. He needs to start week in, week out, and then we'll see the best of him. But as I said, we're coming to March now. We've got two months <laughs> left of the season, and it's just not good enough, really. I saw something in the news that. Um, going to go to Benfica and then we're going to pay out some extortion amount of money for another player with the surname Silva who's a winger or a striker or something saw, like that. I saw Is the it? link I saw the link to Rafa Silva the other day. Just, yeah. You don't he's know whether it's just lazy journalism with the Wolves Benfica link, do you? But mm. he has got some crazy stats this season, Rafa Silva, but uh, I'd, I'd probably say it's paper talk. The thing with with Trinke for me and like you just mentioned, my, my uncle said to me at work the other day that he's like, if, if from from his memory, he's only had sort of two good games for Wolves, Trinko. And I think one of them was against Nottingham Forest in the Not League Forest. Cup. I mean, yeah. Luke, I mean, I, I didn't want to dig out Trinko on Twitter, but it's it's going back a few months now. And like Tom's just pointed out, we're in March now and he hasn't really been effective or productive. What was that football manager screenshot that you took ages ago about how much wages he's on a week? Oh, yeah, he's on... Um, well, according to football manager... Which, which isn't gospel, usually far off. Which is the gospel, you know. We'll have no football manager slammed around here. 125 grand a week. Fucking hell. 125 even, grand. Even if we're paying 50% that wage, it's just to, you know, help. But there was, apparently we'd, we'd paid like a decent initial loan fee for Trinkare. I think that was a good few million. I don't know whether it was 3 million or 7 million from what I read, I, but I, I, I'm unsure. I just don't... I mean, you won't mind me saying this. He'll probably revel in it, to be fair, but I had... It's still going on now. It's still rumbling on now. I've had an argument with Mr. Bilston about Trinko. He 
loves him. Can't get enough of him. No, for me, for, I hope Russ, uh, sorry, Luke, I hope Russ is listening. He's a lawyer. All he wants to do is go against the grain. No way does he like Francisco Trinque. It does, I'm, I'm having it. I'm having none of it. He loves him. He better stats I've seen on Trinque. I know Trinque better than my own fucking kids. <laughs> stats I've seen on him from Russ. But, um, I mean, you mentioned the nutmegs. I did see a stat, actually. It was a couple of months ago, but... I think he's got the highest completed nutmegs in the league. Trinket. He's on 13 nutmegs for the season. That's ridiculous. 13. Oh, I mean, it's a nice, nice little souvenir he can take back to La Liga or wherever it is when he goes back. But I mean, it's it's mad, isn't it? I, I think also, and I see loads and loads of noise about how well Adama's doing in Barcelona, in, uh, Barcelona. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but when you think about La Liga, you've got seven, eight mint teams that could contend in the Premier League. And the rest, it's like championship start. It, 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 that there's a reason why Wolves always had a pre-season friendly against some kind of, you know, middle-of-the-table La Liga team because the, the quality is not the same. And so I think that Trincao has come up against it in, in his season with us in the Premier League. One, one thing about Trincao, um, which could potentially be positive, he's not a winger. If anything, he's a number 10. Just sitting in the hole in those pockets... Finding a bit of space, picking it up, and just distributing from the ten. That's where I see him playing. Certainly not a winger. He's so lucky that Stoke got relegated because he could not do it on Stoke on a wet Tuesday night. Because <laughs> he can't even do it on Wolves on a sunny Saturday afternoon. I mean, what what has he brought? Like you mentioned, he's had two good games for Wolves. I mean, I can't remember them personally, but I'm not saying that he hasn't. But what what's he brought this season apart from missing a couple of sitters? Has he ever? Has he even created any chances? I don't where think like, he's oh. got a registered assist in the league. But even if you take the assists away, has he created a chance that Silver's Mister Sitter or Raul's Mister Sitter Podence has put it wide? Has he created anything like that? I can't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm going to bring in um, another guest here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the notorious Benny Esther, fan. Hearing us absolutely slander Francisco Trinco. Um what's your sort of thoughts on on Wolves at the moment, Ben? Obviously, we've got you on, on Saturday, three o'clock. You've got uh yourselves in the <clears throat> finals of the FA Cup, but you're only sort of a hand, I think it's about ten points behind us in the league. Do, do mm. you see yourselves trying to to try and break into those like conference league places or are you, are you too far adrift now? Nah, it's probably a bit I don't think we're we're really like competing for anything. We're not in any danger to go down. But to be honest, we're not in touch and distance of Europe at all. Um, Wolves is not a team you really want to play at the moment. I think when we played earlier in the season, it was kind of like um, I was expecting us to win it, to be honest, because we were on a, bit, a good bit of form. I think we just beat City away um, going into that game. But at the moment, it's a bit like you're a, you're a solid team. And we're, um, I don't know what we're doing. We've, we stagnated a little bit, but it's, it's nothing you can really complain about because it's just it's better than previous seasons. So... It's one of those games, really, where it's probably going to be a nil-nil. I'll take a nil-nil before kickoff, hands down. We we did have you on for the the, the previous show when we played at your end, and I think you did predict for a, a Palace win to the, that day. But Luke, I'll come to you first. What was your sort of memories looking back on that game? Because for me and myself, they, they did a complete number on us with a high press, didn't they? And just bat- yeah. basically out battling us all across the pitch. From what I can remember from that game, they the, the pretty much dominated it. Um, I, I can't remember us having too many clear-cut chances. 
I mean, just looking at the stats, um, 60% possession, 13 shots to our four. Look at 772 touches to our 569. You know, they've the us off the park, to be fair. Um, you know, we've had more corners. <laughs> That's probably the only positive we can say. Is that really corners. a positive for Wolves having more corners? <laughs> but, but it's like the nutmeg like thing again with Trincao, isn't it? I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that Palace are firm, as far down as they are because they seem to start the season quite well. Um, people have their doubts about Vieira, but I think looking at the players they brought in and the squad they've got, like Zahar, Edward, Eze, is it Gaye at the back? Yeah, it's a hard one to pronounce. I think, I think it's Gaye. It's Gaye or Gaye, one of the, one of the two. Um, Conor Gallagher, for me, I think that, 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 that five top players, not top, top players, but five very good players. So, uh, but then I suppose it just shows how competitive the Premier League is, doesn't it? To be honest, performance-wise, we should be right up there. We've we've probably lost like between nine and ten points in the last five minutes of games, and probably a bit more if you're if you're stretching it to the eight year in games that we thoroughly dominated as well. But it's probably the all right. We've got like world class youth at the moment. It's really changed the whole dynamic of the team this season. But they probably haven't got the experience to see results out, so they're doing all the work to actually earn the result. And then in the last five minutes, they're just like chucking it away. But to be honest, to even be in a position where you can chuck a result away in the last five minutes is completely different to what we what we have been. So it's little tweaks here and there. To be honest, I think that the, most of the fans were expecting us just to just to stay up this season. We're going through like a massive rebuild, and anything above that would have been overachieving personally. So I think we've, we've absolutely smashed it. To be fair. What what's your feelings on on Crystal Palace this season, Tom? I think Luke sort of touched on it there that they they have sort of taken the league, I won't say by storm, but they have surprised a few, haven't they? I think Patrick Vieira has come in, stamped his authority on this side, and obviously with another season, another summer of recruitment for them, it's be interesting to see where they end up next season. Yeah, I I, I agree with what's been said before. I think that you know they have exceeded all expectations and you're talking about, yeah, survive this season and build next season. I think that, you know, Crystal Palace fans, if I'm a Crystal Palace fan, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking that's a pretty solid return on some of the games, some of the results, some of the wins as well. Man City win, was it? They won against Man City, which was, you know, a really nice takeaway this season. I think the one thing I would be worrying about if I was a Palace fan is Conor Gallagher going in the summer because he's been so integral to some of the great, games and that, that you guys have had um it's it's one of those really it's and i mean whether he'll sign on a permanent i mean I, I'm, I'm not savvy enough with crystal palaces ins and outs of their transfers and things like that but you know he he's put on such a good performance that you would think he'd go back to chelsea i don't really know yeah i think it's very slim chance he's going to come back to us even if chelsea didn't want him they'd probably ask a bit too much for what we've we're prepared to pay to be honest but He's a, he's very much a system player. Individually, he's a very good footballer. But I've seen him in a couple of games. He's, he's ghosted quite a bit. There's no doubt that he's a good footballer. But put him with a different midfield pivot, and he can like go missing sometimes. So he's going to be a massive miss. But I think if if we can find a player very similar to him that's, that's easier to obtain, then it's not really a big gap to plug. It's not like we're going out and to find six or seven players again to to, like, to fix the gaps in the team. But no, just just genuinely like just actually watching. The football is being played. The last couple of years have just been so boring and so dull. And sometimes you'd win one nil, and it just like you just walk out the stage and just be like, "What a waste of a Saturday!" But now, even if we're coming away from games like like losing the last minute and stuff, I think I've probably left Sellers like twice this season, like actually frustrated about what we've done. Um, and that was Tuesday. Honestly, Tuesday night was the worst I've seen us play. So you're probably coming into us at quite a good time because it's um, 
just couldn't string a pass together. I don't know if it was the weather or if it was Stoke, but it just no one was showing for passes. They're looking a little bit tired, to be honest. Obviously, you made yourself through to the, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. It's, there's a Wembley trip on the horizon there, really, with the teams that are left. Like if you, I think you, I saw you mention on Twitter earlier, if, if you can get like sort of Middlesbrough or maybe Southampton at home, you, you've got a Wembley trip there, haven't you? To be honest, all I don't care if we get to the semis and get pumped seven 0 I just want to get to get to Wembley, mate. But to be honest, oh, you, Ben, you say that now, but when you turn it <laughs> up with ten minutes to go and you lose three two to Watford, you'll soon feel that, different. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. I don't really fancy Borough away though. Borough away is not an easy fixture. No. Um, Southampton is, as again, is a, is a bit of a dodgy fixture. I don't want Liverpool at all, home or away. But to be honest, we beat City away, and we're probably City's little bogey team in the, yeah. the past couple of years. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too sad at City given the teams there. But I kind of want to avoid Liverpool and Chelsea. But then, you know, Boreham if they get through, I'll have a go at that. <laughs> and even that... For- Forest Huddersfield as well. I forgot they're the other two teams. You're guaranteed at least another championship team down there. Yeah, you, you want a home tie, don't you? That's, yeah, home that's, tie. That's key. And like you said, just avoid Liverpool because I was having another moan the other day, Ben, about the offside that... Um, goal that they had against you with Firmino being offside. Yeah, that was a joke, man, honestly. There's so there's so many things, that just uh, it's a blind eye and it's kind of like they're doing it on purpose a little bit. So there's, there's so many referee mistakes that it gets to a point where it's like, are these actually mistakes anymore? Yeah. Can people be that incompetent at their job to make so many mistakes consistently that are favouring certain teams or favouring a certain result? It's, well, it's kind of getting past that point. Just look at the Everton Man City the other day. Oh, that was ridiculous, that. So they're not going to give that, but you know when Matinho jumped up at the Etihad, the referee couldn't give the penalty quick enough. They've done that to us as well with um, Milivojevic against West Ham. All right, there was already two 0 up, we're probably going to lose anyway. But it was near enough identical, if not like less obvious. Like he's gone to control it with his chest and his arms, like slightly got in the way, and it was higher up, and he just gave the penalty straight away. So it's just consistency, really. <laughs> My mates are convinced it's a it's a swizz as they call it. It's just a conspiracy that the bookies own foot the bookies own football now, and whatever most money that they can make in a particular moment, that's what they um, instruct Stockley Park and the boys. Because like we said, <laughs> if if that would have been Michael Keane instead of Rodri, that penalty gets given. That's funny. Why it takes uh, three minutes as well. Did the VIR team uh, create COVID at Stockley Park as well? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you want to take that one, Luke? I don't have COVID conversations no more. Luke's I'm, not allowed COVID conversations anymore. <laughs> Mess- you to talk about COVID. Let's <laughs> so have a quick look at the uh, lineups from our previous game. Obviously, Wolves started with Keanu Hover at right back instead of Nelson Samadio. Um, Fra- Fabio Silva started in front of uh, Raul with the front, front three of Trinko, Fabio and Wang. Wang had the, a big chance just before half-time, but You've got to be expecting the likes of Ait Nori, Jimenez, Podence, and maybe Matinho coming in on on Saturday. Do you agree with that, Tom? I'd start Neto. I'd start Neto on the weekend. Just go for it. Um, Give I him think, an hour. I think that he. Um, I think that he look, he's looked so lively when he's come on in the past couple of games. You know, the amount of flair that he showed um, in in pockets against West Ham just buzzing to get forward super strong really skillful um i would definitely stick him on trip for trinkow um 
I would like to see him in a start again and keep Wang on. I think that Wang, you know, that goal he scored against Arsenal, he does offer something different. He's strong, he's capable, he's physical. Um, and I do quite like him in the setup. Um, I like the way that he plays. Um, also, I would like to see Matinho come back in and, you know, eight Nuri for sure. Um, but the main one I would be looking to see play on the weekend is Neto. I really, really want him to to start and, and see what he's capable of. But yeah, as you said, Dan, not for the whole game, 60 minutes or so, but just really let him um, express himself and, and feel like he's part of that starting team that can try and push and, and, and create some chances. Do you agree with that, Luke, bringing in, in, in Neto straight from the start or do you still think he's just an impact player at the moment? I don't know. He looks fresh to me. The two times he's come on, he looks fresh. Whether he's got 60, 90 minutes in the tank, I'd imagine you can get 68 of him. Um, but the, the boy is just magic. Do you know what I might even do? Remember when I had that bet with Goody about Neto getting more goals and assists than Paldens? About two or three seasons ago now. Yeah. I'm going to go double or quits with him on this season. From this weekend? No, he can have the, he can have the whole season with Paldens. Paul's only got one league goal, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. That's a bit, yeah. Uh, is there any way that Bruno could prove us mass, well, massively surprise us and finally go for that back four? You've got sort of, you know, you could bring in Johnny at right back and, Mar- and Marcel left back and just go to a back four and just, just try it out for the rest of the season. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, Saez, he's been at fault for a couple of goals now, hasn't he? And I love him. I love Saez, you know. And I don't want to seem like we're just slagging all the players today, but you've got to ask questions. Of it's all, the last I'm, 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 I'm being Captain Hindsight here. Obviously, we were so poor against West Ham. And I think the majority of Wolves fans expected Wolves to go over a three-man midfield against West Ham. Why didn't Kundal start? He started away at Tottenham. We got the we got the win with him, Den Donker, and Neves in midfield. Why why wasn't that tried again? Well, that's a hot take, Dan. Absolutely, I think that you know he was Mister Consistent against Spurs, and arguably, I mean, Spurs fans would obviously say this, but they're a bit of a stronger, um, they're a bit more of a difficult uh, team to play against away from home, potentially, um, on paper, maybe. But yeah, I guess we're looking around and maybe thinking what, what was the difference in the middle of the park and Kundal could potentially be the answer. Um, he kept things really neat and tidy uh, against Spurs. And it seems like at times against West Ham, we needed those players in the midfield just to kind of settle things down. It felt like everything was just very rushed from our perspective. It was, it was either we were defending or we've got the ball and we need to get it forward instantly to try and make an impact. And there was no kind of necessarily any kind of um, uh, passage of play that I saw um, frequently, which meant that we're comfortable on the ball and we're happy to play it around and if and then see what runs people make to be able to slot it through. And Kundal maybe could have made a difference. Who knows? It's, hindsight is a, is a frustrating thing. It's that time of the YouTube episode, guys, where I ask you to tilt your head slightly for a, a few minutes. Uh Ben, talk us through your side there. Who were the sort of do you expect that that same eleven to to start again on the weekend? What's the situation between <clears throat> Butland and Gator at the moment? Um, I don't know what's going on with with Gator. I think they were kind of fighting for the um, first spot, and they picked up an injury last game. I think against Burnley, so to come off at half time. So I can't imagine they'd be back anytime soon. But to be honest, we've not 
um, we've not put the same starting eleven out since like October, like back to back weeks. Midfield always changing, the front three is always changing, the back four is not be the same. You'll see that back four exactly that. Um, but you're probably looking at Kiar instead of um, Milivojevic, and then probably yeah, Gallagher and McCarver. But that front three can be anything. But it's so weird. We're just refusing to play strikers at the moment. I think Elise is nailed on. Wolf's nailed on. Um, but it's either like Mateta or Ayu. And you'd think it'd be Eduard, because personally, I think Eduard's one of the best attackers we've got at the club. But he's just not played for like the last month. He's not injured or anything. So I really don't understand what's what's going on there. Um, I mean, just, just looking at your squad there on the right, and you mentioned sort of uh, Mateta and, and, and Eduard. If if one of those two does come in, do you ex- obviously Zaha goes over to the left, does he? Yeah, so it'd be Zaha left, Elise on the right. And then um, Eduardo Mateta up front. Mateta's definitely up front. Um, but you could see Zaha go up front if Eduardo comes on and Eduardo go out left. Because Zaha's getting to a point now where he much prefers to be a striker. We we need Zaha to play striker against us. I think if you put him on the left up against Hervery, he'll have a field day. No, he's, 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 I don't know what's going on with him. He just doesn't like taking on his man anymore. He's not like dribbling at people at all. He always cuts in and, and offers like an easy way out. I think mm-hmm. that he's just trying to like edge his way to be a striker. Um, but you, I think you've really got to look at Elise more than Zaha as the main danger. Yeah, I know when we had you on earlier on in the season, Ben, that you were you were pushing for Elise to, to start more games back then. Just, just give Wolves a bit of an insight on, on how good Michael Elise is. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he's still at Palace within a year. Like, like He's absolutely unbelievable. For his age as well, he's just turned 20. I've probably seen him mess up a first touch twice in like the 10 games I've seen him play. Just the, the technical ability he has with the ball, it just looks so easy. It's literally like playing a game of FIFA. The guy does not make mistakes. He probably makes mistakes in like um, making decisions, but getting one-on-one with any anyone in the league and he somehow finds a way out of it. So, I mean, you've got to watch him cutting in on his left because he's got an absolutely uh, a beautiful shot coming in from the left. But he can also switch onto his right and just be just as good. So, I'd probably be a lot more scared of Elise than, than Wilf, to be honest. Hearing that, Tom, and obviously Michael Elise plays on the, the right wing, do you, do you still bring in Aitnori to come up against him or do you stick with Marcelo's a bit more? What, who is more defensively reliable between Marcelo and Aitnori? I ate Nuri 100%. I think some yeah. of the big tackles he puts in, you know, yeah. I think that that part of his game can sometimes come under the radar. Um, you know, I I personally think that he's not afraid to go into a challenge and he's quite fit and he's willing to just kind of track his man. And he often puts in those tackles that go out for throw-ins and things like that. So if if I'm Bruno on the weekend, I'm saying to eight Nuri, you know, you need to do a kind of, uh, Park Ji Sung on Perlo with with um, Eight Neri and um, and Elise just stick on him and not necessarily if if the attacks happen obviously go for it but just you need to be watching him and and <clears throat> be touch tight to him really. Just looking at our squad there on the the left, Ben, who who are you fearing most for Wolves at the moment? Now with Dharma's left. Uh, I'd say Jose Sarr, mate, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> he's, um, he seems like he's bang on form and we could have about 10 shots at goal without a goalkeeper in and we'd be lucky if one went in. So I'm not looking forward to that at all. So basically, you just think as long as if you can get the first goal, it's it's, it's game over, is it? I don't, I don't really know, to be honest, because we can get caught by set pieces. Corners have definitely been our weakness um, this season a lot. 
But defensively, we're quite sound. And especially against against the five at the back, we struggle to get goals rather than um, concede them. But, I mean, it, it happens so quickly. I'd be, I would be more... Um, sorry about... Oh, we've just got Everton or Boreham Wood. Sorry, boys. Um, yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be more scared about scoring goals rather than conceding them because we make so many chances. I've never seen a Palace team make so many clear-cut chances, but it just looks like no one can, no one can score, which baffles me because they're, they're all so capable of putting the ball in the back of the net. And some of the goals they've scored, you think you do that all the time. But it's not like they're reluctant to shoot or they're like, like afraid to. And we waste so many. Like um, Liverpool, we could have easily scored five goals in Liverpool, like, like easily. But it's either luck or just not having, again, that experience probably because we've got so many young players of knowing when to shoot. Uh, Luke and Tom, I'm, I must have been a bit um, sort of unaware on Sunday, but I've just noticed that Toti didn't make the bench against West Ham and, and Bolly was back on the on the bench with Roman Saez's mistake. Does, do you think there's a chance that he could come in? He's been out for a while, though, and he's it's, it's the match fitness. If he's match fit, then then yeah. But it's it's been weird with Bolly, hasn't it? Because not really been told what his injury is. You know, he's have they said that he's had it. Some illness a couple of times. Not really yeah. said if it was COVID or what. You can say COVID, look, it's fine. It was <laughs> it was weird as well with the African Cup of Nations. Like there was reports that he was there, and then reports that he wasn't there. It's kind of he's 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 an international man of mystery at the moment. Like who knows whether he's fit, whether he's there, whether he. It's it's an odd one. Obviously, you just heard uh, Ben mention that Crystal Palace have drawn the winners of. Everton and Boreham Wood. I'll just come to you first, Tom. Based on that, who who's your sort of money on to win the FA Cup? I mean, that's a it's a big one. I mean, if we start with Palace, I mean, we are we're putting money on Everton winning tonight. And uh, who knows what could happen? That's the magic of the FA Cup. With that in mind, I mean, it's got to be the City, Liverpool, Chelsea, really, hasn't it? Um, you know, I I, I would like to think that. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Borough. I don't know what it is, but when I was watching the Borough Spurs game, I was really rooting for them. And I remember watching them in when it was the UEFA Cup years and years and years ago with McLaren being the manager. And I just really rooted for them. I've got this kind of underdog mentality with them a little bit. But I mean, I would love Borough really to to win it or, you know, Palace. But it's it's got to be one of the big three, surely. The way that draw has gone out, I'll be very happy of a semi-final. All the big teams, I've got the little teams, but away from home. Shock. Literally, Shock. literally. Uh, Borough at home to Chelsea. I think Liverpool have obviously got the, the two championship teams, of course. And then Southampton at home to City, which just means just get me to Wembley and I don't care what happens after that. We need we need a Man City-Liverpool final, really, don't we? I was hoping for a quarter-final between them two. So we can't... Because I mean, if Palace or Southampton win it, then it just takes away European players, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know if it's the same. They, they change that every year. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think the FA Cup takes you straight into the Europa League group stages. I think it um, could take conference. I don't know. I don't know what's happened with the conference league and stuff. Or it pushes you into conference. God knows. God knows. I it think changes. we can just play it safe and just let Man City win it for the millionth time. Yeah, I hate it before. Well <laughs> said. Well said. Well said, Ben. That's the reason I get you on every time. Yeah. Opportunity comes. Guys, we're just going to have a quick break and then we'll look at game week 28 in the Premier League and then have a quick little score prediction. Hi all, 
Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We may have just had our answer. Game week 28 in the Premier League. Starts off the Wolves have got Crystal Palace 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, ben, we usually ask our guests when they come on. Pick me three teams that's going to win this weekend based on those fixtures there on the right. Oh, I'm not good at that. Um, guaranteed wins. Uh, I would say Newcastle on good form. Newcastle on to Brighton. And, and Brighton aren't on great form at all. Uh, you, just, you just hate Brighton, don't you? Just admit it. I hate Brighton. It's the first thing I look for, to be honest. Uh, we're not going to win against you. Brent, I'll just see a lot of nil-nils, to be honest. Even the Liverpool-West Ham game is not as, not as, um, as, as clear-cut as you'd think. Um, I'd probably go City over United and then Arsenal over Watford because Watford were generally disgraceful when we played them. <laughs> They're bad, mate. But yeah, that, that's what... Just having a look at the, the league table there, obviously you're, you're 10th on 30, nine points in front of Burnley and 18th. Is there, is there any chance that you guys could get distracted by the FA Cup and get drawn into that? I mean, Burnley got three games in hand on you there. No, that, honestly, I think it's, it's way too far gone. I can't even see really anyone under Leicester. I can't, that's, that's what I'd say. It went from 14th to 20th. But I still think it's probably going to be the current bottom three or maybe Leeds. That's, they're the only ones I can realistically see going down. But so we're Leeds, not going to get drawn Leeds into Leeds have appointed Jess, Jesse Marsh in the last couple of days, so it all depends on how, how their new manager bounce guys. Well, obviously, Wolves have got Leeds at home in a, in a couple of weeks. Anyone sort of feeling that Everton could go down this season? They have sort of overstayed their welcome in the Premier League. And to be honest, I think they need to be punished with a relegation for how much money they've wasted. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I, I think with Everton, it's they're such a mess at the moment. It's... A bunch of different players brought in by a bunch of different managers that are all had that have all had to play a bunch of different systems over the past five years, and it's just confusion. It's just complete confusion. Um, what's that young lad who plays for Everton? I've forgotten his name. Is Gordon? Yeah, he he's been kind of their revelation this season. I think that even if they go down, they know that they've got a player in Gordon that, that could go on to captain the side, really. He, he, he looks on it. He looks really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, as I think that Everton have got a cracking fan base and you know, they, they're kind of of the Wolves school of thought where they're happy if players put 110% effort in, even if they don't win a match. Um but, yeah, I think that some bad decisions that have been made in the boardroom have left them in the, in the state that they're in. And if they go down, then I guess that is just the consequence of, of mismanagement in, in the boardroom. Where's your um, money going on this weekend, Luke? Tell me three teams there. Uh, ooh, right. So, just to make things interesting... Let's have Norwich to beat Brentford. 
That's uh, it's what, make or break for Norwich this weekend, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Norwich to beat Brentford. <laughs> See, I, I want Everton to go down, but I can't have Spurs winning this against Everton. Oh, Spurs and Everton to draw. Really want Everton to go down, and then I think Southampton will beat Newcastle. Yes, uh, on the, the, the Thursday fixture, the same yeah, night yeah. we play Watford at home. Uh, looking at the sort of top half of the table, just for a, a few seconds, once it loads, we need another window and we to get ourselves back. So we, we can't afford to drop points this weekend, can we, with our game in hand at home to Watford on Thursday? A win against um, two wins at, at the next two games, that should put us on 46. So you, you're hoping that you get at least above West Ham with, with them away to Liverpool. I think we've got four of the next five at home, and that's going to be key. Um, it would have been nice to have got a result against Arsenal or West Ham, but it wasn't to be. I think the way we need to look at the league now is we just need to look at it as a mini league from fourth to eighth. So a mini league of five, and let's just see if we can how high we can finish in that league. The next five games are massive. Make no doubt about it, they're absolutely massive. I mean, if we yeah. can turn Molyneux into a bit of a fortress and, you know, maybe get nine points from the four home games and a point away from home, sitting on 50 points after 31 games, it's not too bad. It's, mm. a, it's like you just said, that our next five games are absolutely huge. You, uh, what, what was it again when I just had the picture up? So we've got Crystal Palace at home, Watford at home. I mean, is there any team... You'd rather rather that you wouldn't rather have away than Everton at the moment. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's one of those with Everton away. I feel like this is a it's a good time to play them. Really, it really is. Their confidence is completely shot. In fairness, they played really well um, on the weekend, uh, and you know they 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 did take the game to Man City. I thought that they. They did play some really good football, which could potentially unlock us as as a team who aren't as good as Man City. But yeah, I, I feel confident going away to Everton. I look at those four fixtures. I think a draw against Palace, and then if we win against Watford, Everton, and Leeds, ten points from those four games. It's very optimistic, but it's not out of the out of the range of possibility. I think if we, if we work off a base of minimum six. And then just take it from there. Because I think even six points from those four, it's still going to keep us in, in the race with seven games to go. And for me, I personally think that the key is just staying in the race for as long as possible. Sure. Uh, Dan Lever, first-time uh, viewer, which usually a, a listener, says, don't know if you guys feel the same as me, but I'd rather us finish eighth and not seventh. Don't want to be in that green conference poop at all if we don't finish sixth. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's, your fe- what's your feelings on 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 that, Luke? Obviously, you, you just said it makes sense, but would, would you would you you don't want to see walls in the Conference League? No, I just think it's a waste of everyone's time. Um, the only way I'd want to see us in the Conference League is if we was really gonna blood through some youngsters and give them some game time. But then again, to be fair, it could be the perfect competition for Silver next season. So you know what, I have I have actually been saying very similar to to what that guy said. Don't want the Conference League. Don't want it at all. Um, but if it, you know, if it can get silver, some good minutes, Herver as well, maybe. Um, like, like, M. Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. 
yeah, Cham Campbell. Um, it, it, it might be beneficial, but I would use it strictly <clears> as <throat> like the League Cup. I'll treat it like the League Cup. See, that's absolutely mental because if you give me the option for Conference League, I'd, I'd do ridiculous things for that just for one season. And we're ben, at a similar, similar ben, level, really. The, the, these two A wired, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if I go if, anywhere if in Europe, follow Palace. Oh my God. Someone told me there's a chance we could play Benidorm on a Thursday night. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the sort of teams that play in the Conference League Benidorm, Carabag, Marbella United, these <laughs> just crap European clubs. I'm I'm all for it. I want to see Wolves back in Europe. Like you just said, Ben, seeing Wolves in Europe, I, I don't care who it's yeah, against. Yeah, you only got promoted like four years ago. We've been about eight years. It's glory Hunters, Ben. That's mental. <laughs> No. Expectations too high. That's that's what it is at Europa League that time. <laughs> the club of the, the owners have just wrote off 126 million pounds, and these two <laughs> don't want to see us back in Europe. Filthy. <laughs> All jokes aside, I'd rather take the FA Cup serious instead of that Europa League too. Yeah, enough. but Bruno didn't, and the club didn't. They lost to Norwich at home, so now we're finishing in the Europa Conference League place, and we're. we're like we're going back to Armenia again, which we missed no, out all, last time. All jokes aside, I mean, when when I was at the Molyneux watching Wolves in the Europa League, those I've going to Wolves since I was nine, ten years old, and those were some of the best evenings I've I've had at at Wolves and the atmosphere, you know, that Torino game and stuff like that. That those away fans and just it brought a completely new dynamic to that ground. I don't know if you agree, but some of some of those fans from some of those visiting teams from our small time in the Europa League where it was it was a really good experience and I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take the Conference League. I mean, you know, lots of people say it's it's a load of bollocks, but it's extra football. And as Luke says, it's a chance for maybe get the youth through. I don't know, we could treat it a bit like a kind of League Cup type situation and then um, see what happens. But if it means watching more football from Wolves, then I'm, I'm on board. Uh, Danny P with the comment, uh, win the Conference League, get Europa. I mean, you, you talked about focusing on the FA Cup, Luke, focus on the Conference League and we can have two years running of European football. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, Luke? Win the Conference League next season. Let's do it here. I'm going to have to jump on board with the Conference League. I feel like I'm massively outnumbered here. And next time I, I step foot in the Molyneux, I'm going to get absolute pelters, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like the name, though. Conference League. It's such a shit yeah, name. Makes it sound it like a, it needs to get a better. Like it needs to get a better name. Like for example, the, when when Division One got changed to Championship, it sounds a bit more, you know. I mean, it's, the, it's the third tier of European football, isn't it? And it just, really. yeah. <laughs> the, the Fiat Pandorama League, they should call it. The Anglo-Italian Cup, bring that back. Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> Probably easier to win the Conference League than the FA Cup, Danny P says. And Hungry Like the Wolf says, we need new songs and a replacement anthem. European away night spawn the best songs. Let's get back to the game on Saturday. What's your score prediction, Ben? I want to put you on the spot before... Because um, I know you're going to probably say like a nil-nil because I know you're quite humble. And you'll never just say, you know, a person's going to turn yeah. up and, and stomp us. So what's, what's your actual score I'd prediction? Say I'd be happy with a nil-nil. I wouldn't be shocked at losing one nil or losing two nil. So I'd probably go one nil loss, if I'm honest. Guys, I've... I've... I wouldn't say I've known. I've spoke to Ben for quite a few years now, and this is his first trip to Molyneux. Just give him an insight on how bad that away end is at Molyneux. <laughs> it looks all right, to be honest. It's terrible. It, Wolves away has to be the worst away day in the Premier League. But how would you know that you've not been in the away end, have you? 
I've just, just I know, I know, I know because when I was when I was buying cold. seats, it's literally like seven rows wide, which I thought was odd. But it's the whole it's the whole side of the pitch, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which I would have thought is probably it probably benefits us because it doesn't matter what like end we score at, your players can always run over to your fans. Yeah, but you can't get anything going because the one side will start getting something going and it can't filter down to yeah, the Yeah, no, I get that. I've got tickets in the middle. I think mid the middle always sells out quite quick. So got yeah, you might, just you might be a bit right. It's up to you to get them going, really. And because like, I don't know yeah. about you guys, Luke and Tom, but when the away end get going, the arm fans actually start singing, don't they? Where yeah. you know, Molyneux is like, it's a fortress when the arm fans get going. We haven't literally every away game this season has been so hard to get tickets for. I still haven't, my tickets haven't turned up anyway. Our box office is awful at the moment. But they put a tweet out earlier saying it's going on general sale tomorrow at 1 pm, which I was shocked about, to be honest, because last couple of seasons they've not been selling out at all because it's just like, why would you want to like go half out the country and just watch boring football? But this year, it doesn't matter what the game is, it's sold out. I think it's probably going to be one of the first ones that hasn't sold out. But you never know. I think there's only it's a couple of away, That's why, mate. Everyone knows. That's, that's yeah. what it is, Ben. <laughs> Everyone knows how bad. I, I was explaining to Ben, like, literally, there's, I think there's only one away pub. And it's yeah. it's like, it's a table, oh, table chain, Ben. So it's not like a Yeah, I've been told it's awful. Pub. Yeah. Same, 20 minutes you, for a pint. You can't get into any pub on, on match day without a home ticket. Um, Honestly, I'll just, I would really? try and drink outside of Wolverhampton and yeah, make way in for, like, three o'clock if, if you're going to. But, um. Uh, hung like the wolf says, isn't Peterborough away uncovered and on scaffolding? I mean, even even with that, Wolves is a worse away game. <laughs> One of the worst just... away ends lost his road. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, terrible. Vicarage is, is is bad as well. You could park a car sideways in the um in the concourse. It's so small. But yeah, lost our lost his road is awful. It's literally it's like a tin. You can't even see the pitch. I remember I went yeah. there when Fulham was remember when Fulham was playing at Loftus Road for that yeah. season. Played Fulham away, nil-nil, terrible game of football. And I was on the top tier near the back. And you can't even see from like the six-yard box. Yeah, so bad, isn't it? <laughs> What's uh, your score prediction for our game at home to Palace, Tom? I think we're going to win 1-0 and I think Neto's going to score. He's due a winner, isn't he, Lukey? Yeah. I'll, I'll, do you know what? Because we struggle to score... Ben mentioned Pally struggled to score, even though they have loads of chances. I'm going to go four-one Wolves. Jeez. <laughs> you better get four corners, I reckon. That's, that's what you need to... <laughs> Neto Brace, Nevers, and Rahul. I reckon a Cody Brace, mate. You put put him on corners. Whoever <laughs> loves getting caught, you got that. Who's that? Um, that Kilman's quite tall, isn't he? Oh, he's a beast. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I'd probably. I mean, I'd, I'd have him on for a brace. You have mentioned this before, haven't you, Ben? That usually players who don't score very often are the, the ones that you oh, usually do it against 100%. Palace. If, you, if, you, if someone's never scored a Premier League goal... Or Marcel, like guys. Let's get our money on Marcel. <laughs> oh, really, mate. Really. I can just see it happening as well. But Marcel cross that just look goes over. But happened with um, Matt Doherty. I think it's his first ever Premier League goal at Selhurst. That's the one that comes right to the top of my head. But it's just everyone who hasn't scored. Matty Loughton for Burnley hadn't scored in eight years. Scored at Palace. <laughs> it's just hell. it just got so laughable. Uh, Trevor Chalaber first game of the season scores like a thirty yard rocket for Chelsea. It's his first one and only goal, which is like it's it's just unbelievable, mate. So yeah, I'd have your money on on Marcel. Two one Wolves, my prediction, and that would be great if Lou Kundal was uh, on the score sheet on Saturday. <laughs> Guys, I don't know about you, but 
oh, I need a new phone case. And our and our friends at the football cases have got a new Pedro Neto phone case that has just gone on sale this week. If you use discount code FANCAST8-3, I should have really done it FANCAST10 for the 10% discount, but... We beat all the other Wolves channels out there, didn't we, Luke? Eight, uh, three. No, I see the reference now. I see the reference. Yeah. Eight, three. I know, Ben, you're a YouTuber in the Crystal Palace community. I don't know if you actually... Are you still doing that? <laughs> if I could be arsed, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But Imagine all yeah, the sweet. sort of Palace hatred that you get, all the sort of... I know you have a bit of a, uh, a tit-for-tat with West Ham fans quite regularly on, on Twitter, I've noticed. Yeah. Imagine if you played... a. a a team full of all your social media rivals and you beat them 8-3, you'd never let them forget it, would you? <laughs> never, mate. Eight, that's <laughs> embarrassing. God. Yeah, we've been humble. We're humble. We've been... We're, we're, we're trying oh, to be humble, mate. but we just, we're just, we're just put out discount cards rubbing it in their face now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, they can't, they can't humble about they wouldn't, they wouldn't be humble on the other foot. That's all you've got to get in there first. No, we would be constantly in the mud if we'd got beat 8-3. <laughs> But uh, guys, I'm, we're going to finish off with a quick quiz. And you can stick around for this time because it's Wolves Crystal Palace based. The first question is, former Wolves and Crystal Palace striker Adi Akinboye played one international game for Nigeria. Who was this against? I'll come I to you first, quizzes. Ben. I hate your quizzes. It's just guessing. It's get... so easy, isn't it? I'll say England. Uh, Tom? Oh, mate. I know. Ivory Coast? Luke? South Korea? The correct answer was Greece. Unlucky, guys. We'll quickly move on to question two. <laughs> so you can struggle with this one. There was literally 179 other countries. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you was, if you was a hardcore Wolves fan, you'd know that. <laughs> there'll, there'll be someone who tweets in after, I knew that. The, the one, yeah. one nil. And um, <laughs> uh, Victor Rick Pieber scored the winner. <laughs> Second question. I think we've, we might have had this on the on a Wolves fancast quiz before. In his 19-year career, how many red cards did Kevin Muscat receive? I'm going with 19 12. years, how many red cards? I'll come to you first, Tom. 12. 12. Ben? I'll just say 11. Roke? 21. I bet it's like six. You've got to have at least one a season. The correct answer, and one of you's got it right, it's Tom. Twelve <laughs> red cards. He only had twelve. Yeah, because like you think he was a dirty bastard, but quite cute of avoiding reds. I think he got a lot. Do you, know, do you want to know? Oh, we'll have a bonus question. How many yellow cards did he get? So now the answer to this as well. <laughs> Nineteen years. How many yellow cards? That's going to be that's going to be triple digits. Sure. Only a hundred, hundred and thirty. Hundred and thirty, Luke. Hold on, I'm trying to do some quick maps here. Even if, like, you was to do some sort of maths, let's say, like, he, he had two yellows, which, which became a red, that's 12. So that would be, like, 24 red. Tw- 24 You've got to be on the, about seven a season. 133. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go 140. Fuck it. What was your guess, Ben? 130. What was yours, Luke? 130? 33. The correct answer was 100. And 23. Oh. So we'll give Ben that one. And the last yeah, question yeah. is, and one of you, ideally, Ben or Tom needs to get this because I've got no tiebreaker. Former Crystal Palace defender and current England head coach scored twice for England. Can you name the two nations he scored against? Uh, 
So there's two points up for grabs here. I don't like I don't like the England national team at all. So no, we've had this conversation before, but I'm not sure about you. But it's it's fully club before country with me. Hundred percent. Um, name the two nations that Gareth Southgate scored against for England. They're gonna be bad, aren't they? <laughs> and it wasn't Germany. Does England count? He's probably scored an own goal, isn't he? <laughs> All right, okay, I'll go. I'll go. Let's go for Republic of Ireland, and let's go for shit, man. Uh, let's go for Portugal. Luke, I want to say Denmark and Colombia. So ben. Spain, Spain, and Scotland, guys. I ain't got a tiebreaker, so unfortunately, <laughs> Ben and Tom are going to have to draw this week. The correct answers were Luxembourg oh. and South Africa. Of course, yeah. Wow. Thanks for those who have actually commented on the YouTube channel tonight. Continue to listen and support. Uh, the YouTube channel, uh, Wolves Fancast, part of the 90min.com network. Follow us at Wolves Fancast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, Pornhub, wherever you can find us. Luke's uh, joining us on uh, OnlyFans cast soon, aren't you, Luke? Kim's yeah. already set up on there. <laughs> at Wolves Fancast, forward slash official smithy. Only fans cast, man. We need to get that started. Also, Sorry. before we go, shall we just have a quick mention for Wolves under-18s are in the FA Youth Cup semi-final? And they play Man United at Old Trafford, and the club. The tickets are free, and the club are putting on subsidised. What's that word? Subsidising. Subsidising the travel up to Old Trafford to see Wolves play Man United in the FA Youth Cup semi-final. So, if you've got the the day, the afternoon free, we'd implore you to join the club and help support the Baby Babies in their semi-final fixture against Man United. Or even if you just want to be cute and uh, scammer. I think it's. I think they're asking for a three pound donation to the Wolves Foundation, but it's it's not mandatory. Yeah. So even if you need a, a quick trip to Man United, or up, up to Manchester, you know, turn. three quid, <laughs> roll safe, brothers. That's minimum fare in a taxi before you've even got down the the bottom of the road. Couldn't even get from uh, the Cleveland to town for three pound fifty. Exactly, mate. Guys, we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching.